Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. I'm joined by Michael Carney, a total NASL contributor, and he has his own blog about Indy 11. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure to have you on. Uh, let's talk about the NASL awards. Let's go through them real quick. Uh, we have Mike Luhud, who is the Humanitarian of the Year. We can't argue about that one. Tim Hakinson named 2016 NASL Coach of the Year. That is sort of a hot topic throughout the NASL. A lot of people went on Twitter and said, Gio should have won, right? And I don't think he should have won. I'm a Cosmo supporter that wants to see Gio get rewarded for everything that he does. But a team that has the most resources should not get rewarded that way because you have Indy 11 that doesn't spend as much money, doesn't have those resources, and you have Tim Ankinson coming in in his first season doing well. So I don't know how people are arguing about that one. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I mean, it, although I am a um, Indy 11 supporter, live here in Indianapolis, and yeah, I'm blowing the uh, the Homer whistle here. Um <laughs> I nobody expected this to happen in Tim Hankinson's first year in in charge of this team. I mean, um, he revamped this roster along with Peter Will, um, but even with the you know the resources that they had and, and didn't have compared to the Cosmos and other teams, uh, you, you really don't expect a first first year coach to come in and, and do something like this and. The one thing that I really do like about uh, Tim Hankinson is that he he's always been uh, straightforward, honest. Um, yeah, he's blunt about what he says, but he's what he means or what he says he means, and it's it's the truth. I mean, he he doesn't uh, beat around the bush, so to speak. I mean, he is straightforward with with every um, situation or question that comes up, whether on the field or off the field, or dealing with us bloggers or media. Um, or with players, I mean, I mean, he is he is uh, a straight shooter, um, and, and he has done a lot of work, um, and he deserves this more than probably than any coach in the league uh, to really take a team that's in the third year of existence, hasn't uh, had too good of results on the field, and um, take them within the grasp of uh, the championship. Yeah, for sure. And I think another coach that if FC Edmonton would have beat Indy 11 last weekend, I think Colin Miller could have won this award as well. 
uh, because I don't think FC Edmonton right. thought they were going to go into the postseason, into the championship. And they lost, but they played well. They played well. And Ubi Parabovic with that goal was massive uh, to put you guys over the top. Uh, then the Red Hawks, they earned the NASL Fair Play Award. We have um, the goal of the year as well by your boy Duke as well, which I don't think should have won goal of the year uh, because I don't know. I don't think that's goal of the year quality. Am I wrong, Mike? Um, yeah, it was. I thought it was a little surprising when Duke Lacroix won goal of the year. Um, one reason was because um, that goal was scored just before those re or those voting po- that poll came out for fans to vote on. Um, and second of all, it was on a Wednesday night too in Tampa Bay, which I don't think too many people were paying attention to. Um, you know, I did I vote for it? No, uh, I thought um, Christian Ramirez's goal, the very first goal of the season, um, against was the us? long ball, and he took it on the volley against Carolina. I oh. thought that was the the goal of the year in my opinion, but uh, to see a player like that, like Duke Lacroix, uh, be aggressive and take on defenders and use his speed to beat them and then throw the nutmeg in there and then beat the goalie uh, near post, I can see why a lot of people uh, voted for it. Um, I didn't vote for it. I voted for – I wanted to see Christian Ramirez's um, first goal of the year and the first goal in the NASL this year uh, get the award. Um, but congratulations to Duke Lacroix. I mean, he is an up-and-coming star with Indy 11, uh, and he deserves it. And Chris Ramirez, he won NASL Golden Boot as well, so he had another great season. And do you think he's going to go to MLS? Because he's had these great seasons with Minnesota, and it's wrong if they don't take him. A quality striker, how do you not take that person to MLS? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not up in Minnesota right now, so I don't know what the thought process is on that. Um, in my opinion, yeah, you have to take Christian Ramirez. Uh, I think he has a lot of work to do. Uh, he has to work on a lot of uh, off-the-ball movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think too many times he kind of stands up there as the traditional number nine, uh, which may work in lower leagues uh, across the world. But um, even though the MLS doesn't demand it as much, I, you have to have those kind of strikers that are able to, to pull defenders uh, with them and create space for other other players to have uh, shots on goal or to create create openings off the cross. Um, mm-hmm. I think Christian Ramirez, one thing is that when he plays at home, um, he's the best striker in the league, in my opinion. But on the road, uh, he he's a completely different player. And I don't know if that's because of the tactics that Minnesota uh, uses um, with, with, with Manny Lagos or uh, now with um, uh, Craig. But I, I don't know. But there just seems to be a he just seems to be a different player on the road. Um, much more he he plays with cement blocks sometimes at his feet on the road compared to how he plays on, uh, at home. If he doesn't go to MLS with Minnesota, where do you think he falls? Do you think he stays in the NASL with a club here? Do you think he goes lower to the USL? Where do you think Christian Ramirez would go? Uh, I, I think he would stay in the NASL. Um, it, it would. It wouldn't surprise me if he went to, you know, Miami or New York Cosmos if they were able to to pick him up. But um, as of right now, I mean, he's still with Minnesota. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't know when yeah. their draft is um, or anything like that, and who they draft or 
um, who they take with them. Um, I have a good feeling just the way things went with uh, Lance Lang. Um, I, I don't know. He'll he'll be, I think, on the bubble um, with that. And um, remind me who the other guy was that they picked up from Fort Lauderdale oh, earlier this Stephen year Opinio. as well. Yeah, he yeah, won the Stephen Golden Boot last yeah, I think, year. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be on the bubble as well, whether or not he's going to make their Minnesota's MLS roster or not. Yeah, and D. Keatsy, uh probably said his name wrong. Uh, he is the NASL Young Player of the Year. Uh, a very talented defender with FC Edmonton, so that was very shocking to see him get it. Uh, I thought, I think David Deosa was also up for the NASL Young Player of the Year. A very talented uh, Cosmos player. He could play in the back line, in the midfield, and he was a striker in the beginning of his career, and then they moved him back because we have Raul, we have all these top strikers, and he's never going to get into the side, so... I really wanted to see David get that award. And it's weird because the Cosmos are in the championship final and no Cosmos player won an award yet. And I think there's one more left. There is the MVP. And who do you think is going to get that award? Um, I think Juan Rango will, will probably get that award. Um, just as the amount of goals and assists that he's had this year, um, I think he's going to get the get the nod for that one. He deserves it. He really does. Uh, he comes in to the Cosmos for his first season, and he has to fill Marco Senna's shoes. That's so hard. And he scored as many goals, and, and he broke the single-season record for most goals scored in a season. He has some great assists as well, great free kicks, uh, and maybe he can work his magic even more against Indy 11. That would be really incredible. And there's a reason why the Cosmos are, are in the final because of him. Um, he's not a guy that I don't think jumps out off the page at you, but then once you start looking at his stats, uh, he's a guy that I think a lot of people uh, recognize as a, a dynamic player for the Cosmos. Yeah, and that's why we think he should win the MVP uh, for the NASL. But if he doesn't, uh, hopefully someone else gets that award that uh, did well this season. Uh, there were some great quotes that came out from the uh, conference call yesterday. So on the conference call, you had John Bush, you had Zayat, uh, who is your striker, and then you had Tim Hankinson. Then on the Cosmos, you had Carlos Mendez, Ryan Richter, and then you had Giovanni Savarese. So before we get into talking about the conference call, let's talk about Gio, because there's been links to him to Minnesota United and to other jobs, MLS and so on. He's going into his third final with the New York Cosmos. If he wins this, do you think this is done? Do you think he wants to move on? Or do you think he's building something massive here in New York? I know you're on the outside looking in, but how do you feel as a supporter of the league and of Indy 11? Um, I really do. I thought he was going to leave last year. I really did think that Gio was going to leave last year and go to um, an MLS team or, um, you know, uh, another team within North America. Um, if he wins it this year, I think it's a done deal. He's going to, he's going to go, uh, to the MLS or abroad somewhere. Um, but you know, I, I don't know what, what jobs are going to open up. I don't know what jobs he's interested in or where he's interested in. Um, you know, Giovanni has, has, been in New York for so long now that I, I think he's very comfortable there um, and can really sell player uh, sell to players that are 
looking to come to New York Cosmos, you know, what New York is all about, kind of like what Mark DeSantis did with, with Ottawa, mm-hmm. um, you know, being from Canada and being from Ottawa and being familiar with, with that area uh, and being able to sell players on that. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think it'd be the worst kept secret in the, in the really U S soccer. Yeah. If, if he did sign with, uh, uh, an MLS team, people have been expecting that for a couple of years now. Um, you know, I, I haven't posted it yet to my blog, but I know I, I asked you a couple of questions about, uh, the game coming up and, uh, one of the assistant coaches, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if one of them got the opportunity to um, go be a head coach at the USL level or NASL level um, or be a top assistant at the MLS level. It wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me there either. That's a good conversation to have because Gio, he went to Minnesota on the road trip to go play Minnesota for the last match of the season. And after the game, I forgot what media outlet, they talked to him. And there was a quote that he never denied it. He never denied that sort of uh, he was not interested or we'll talk about this after the season. He sort of said, we'll see about it later. But the weirdest part is if he does leave, Cosmo supporters don't really know who's going to take his place because we think of Gio as this person that's never going to leave our club, that feels a connection with the fan base and feels a connection with the community. And I don't think we're ever going to feel that with any other manager. And Aleko Escudero, and I don't know he's that manager yet to lead the cosmos on right and that he's the guy that i was um asked you about in in mm-hmm. my blog that'll be posted um either friday or or saturday but um i mean aleko eskadarian has, has basically won everything um at the lower levels as, as a coach with um, the cosmos b team mm-hmm. so i he he has to be primed and, and groomed and ready to take on that spot so I, I it wouldn't surprise me if if, if he um, would be a, a head coach at the USL or NASL level. Um, can does he have the pedigree to to coach the Cosmos as the head, be the head coach there? Um, I don't know, but but then again, I mean this is a very young league, um, a league that would probably fit him well, a league he knows well. Um, I don't know if he can bring in the star power that Giovanni did. Um, but that's, you know, to wait and see on that. But um, there's still one game to be played this year, or left to play this year, I should say. Um, and once that match is over, I'm sure we'll know more about it. A manager has to move on to better things, right? He just can't stay with you for his whole career. And we're his stepping stone. We are a stepping stone for most players uh, throughout their career. Haji Wright went to Schalke, and numerous players like Nico Kronjar went to Rangers, uh, so we're just that path to go to higher and better things. And I don't know, it's sad, but it's where we are in the NASL. Moving on to the conference call, Bill Peterson took questions about the future of the NASL, the most uh, wanted answers to the questions. And he was talking about uh, the the teams leaving, and he says any club owner can make the choice of what league he like to play in apply for admission to that league and play. So that becomes a personal decision, and it's something that we've seen in all of the leagues. We understand the reasons for it, and we wish them well. But at the end of the day, it's going to take three strong leagues to help grow the game and be a part of the community and the fabric of this country. 
And then he says, and you haven't seen the end of it from any of the leagues. So he's talking about the teams that want to leave and that are leaving. We need strong leagues, but don't you think that the league has to put something in to like their contract or whatever that says if you leave, you have to say maybe pay this or like some type of rule that they can't leave or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, but but I mean I I don't know. Um, we're you know in, in the United States, uh, teams are allowed to go and move and and do whatever best and do what's in their best interest. And so I don't I don't know if legally they can do that or if that would be seen as illegal. I I don't know what um, what but the you process need to protect is, your but, league. I mean, it, it has to be very concerning though for the NASL to have so many teams come and go every single year and you don't know what the next year is going to bring, how many teams are going to be in it, what the schedule is going to be like. Uh, are there going to be off weeks or bye weeks or, you know, um, you have, you have no idea. And for some of these teams that, you know, like FC Edmonton, for example, um, I remember last year reading an article on them and the CBC saying that, you know, the Fast brothers said that they spent $700,000 um, in in their um, traveling budget, so uh, I mean, teams like that with small budgets, um, you know, can't really afford to wait around for the league to make decisions on whether or not teams can come in or leave or go, um, especially when you know that those costs and effects come in and into play and whether or not they can be competitive on the on the field. So. Um, you know, it, it it is interesting, um, but I think for Ottawa and Tampa Bay, they saw the writing on the wall, um, or at least that's what they think they see, and they're going to jump ship. Um, but then that opens the door for, for other opportunities and more teams to, to come into the league. Um, I do give credit to the NASL on one thing, and, and that is that they do keep hush-hush on – everything. Um, yeah, everything. Um, and I think they learned their lesson early on with with the first team that was going to be playing in Oklahoma and with Virginia. Um, you know, as a, as a, a person who's a fan and, and someone who writes for a blog, for a blog um, you want to hear about those rumors. You want to speculate about those things. But um, if they don't give you that opportunity to, it's very hard to, to speculate on what's going to happen next. So, um, but but I mean, they're very cautious. Um, on what they do and how they do things, the NASL, but I, I do believe they are pro-growth. Um, they are anti-growth. They want to grow this, the, the league and they want to grow the sport. Um, that is for sure. Uh, but they are very cautious and, and tread lightly on how they go about doing that. Yeah, in, in this conference call, Bill Peterson was sort of like he didn't want negative press, which right. is right on when you're getting into your championship final. So some questions that were asked sort of like uh, about traffic sports. Are they still involved? He was like, oh, we're going to announce something towards the end of the month, I think he said. Uh, right. So he didn't want any negative press leading up to the final. But there's tons of uncertainty surrounding our league. And there was rumors, and I think you can confirm that they're true, Mike, that the NASL had some potential owners or investors uh, at the match against FC Edmonton in the championship semifinal come out and just – Look around, right? And um, yeah, I I did see um, San Francisco Delta's um, owner there, and I did see uh, Commissioner Bill Peterson. Um, in fact, actually, um, there were pictures on Twitter of 
the Delta's owner uh, at mm-hmm. the game well, Peter in Wolf, Indianapolis right? last week, and um, uh, Peterson was there as well. Uh, I don't know how how much of the front office was actually there, but obviously when Peterson's there, I kind of joked about it and I said, I guess we know who his two favorite teams are um, on, on Twitter. But um, you know, if he if he's there showing off, you know, Indy Eleven, then I then I think that's a good thing for the league. Um, and I know that that can be taken as a homer statement, um, you know, for people listening in the New Jersey, New York area. But um, I, I do believe that it's good for the league for to to showcase that. But I have a massive worry, Mike. If you're gonna announce multiple teams today or next week, that's not enough time. Radio OKC was announced this week last year. And look what happened. You know what I mean? Look what happened to that. It wasn't on how much time they had. It was on how much funds they had and all that. But I don't think that's enough time. Am I wrong? Uh, no, I think you need to have really two years, uh, a year and a half to two years to really build up a team and really get a good foundation going into your first season on the field. Um, but but I, I mean, so – but to your point earlier though all the focus and all the attention needs to be on this final um and really showcase the two best teams in the nasl um and so i think that's what they're that's the main goal this week and i'm sure we'll hear more about um expansion and other things like traffic sports coming up soon yeah, Bill Peterson did say regarding expansion, he said, I would assume that a few, if not all, could be playing in 2018, but we still have work to do. They still have work to do, and we have a very robust process that we're going through. So some fans should be happy about that because I think right. I heard on the Indy 11 Championship pod that they were sort of upset about the vetting process, that they were just trying to let anyone in the league, according to Bill Peterson, uh, we have a very robust process, and we're and they're going through it. So that's a really great thing. They want to make right. sure that people understand where this league is today. It's stronger on the field and bigger off the field from four years ago when I came on board. He tried to make that statement numerous times. The league is bigger and better since four years ago. And I was like, yeah, it really is because now we're on national TV. But it's not like the $100 million or billion dollar TV deal from the Premier League. We're not there right. yet. But we're going somewhere, right? And we and the NASL may never get there, um, but it, it's uh, steps in the right direction. Um, sometimes we see the NASL try and run before they can crawl, but um, I mean they are progressing in the right direction. Um, it just it is very concerning that um, teams are coming and going, and I mean it, it's the foundation is is uh, not secure at times, or at least it seems that way. And not to um, take over your podcast or anything like that or change yeah. the subject, but uh, go ahead, go ahead. New York, the New York Cosmos did just release that Wanarango won, won the, um, the 2016 NASL Golden Ball. So he he is the MVP of the league this year. Um, the Cosmos and the league just announced it. And we just talked about it earlier, so we uh, sort of got it ahead of time. But breaking news as we record, Wanarango. Our MVP, aka it's what is it, the NASL Golden Ball. Yeah. Well so done, Wanderango. Uh, well, well deserved. No, I, I was I was going to say I, I didn't realize how old Wanderango was. I didn't realize he was thirty six. I thought he was much younger than that. 
Yeah, um, a very interesting point I always make on the show. Every time I watch the Cosmos broadcast, Shep Messing always says, well, if he's going to retire, he wants to go out on top. And I'm thinking, if you're having that season, why would right. you just hang up your boots and just quit? He has maybe another season or two in him, no? Or do you think he's just going to quit and say, let me go on and go somewhere else or or maybe work within the Cosmos? Well, you, you know more about the Cosmos than I, than I do, but, I mean, he's having an incredible season. Um, I don't know how long his contract is for, but um, we've seen other players his age stay in this league for multiple years, so it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if, if he stayed in this league uh, for more than one year. That would be great for the New York Cosmos. We have someone to sort of like to build a team around it in a way and to get more players in. Because if he leaves, then we have a massive hole that we have to build on again. And I really feel like we need to get a younger midfielder, someone that can transition and say, he's going to be there for 10 years. He's going to be there for 20 years, for example. Because every single season we bring in a Marco Senna. And he's there for, what, two, three, four years, whatever. And then you have Juan Arango. Okay, he's there for maybe a season or two. And then every single season, you have to rebuild on that position and get someone that can live up to that guy's hype and and play like him. But you're never going to fill Marco Senna's shoes again. You're never going to get a player as great as Juan Arango unless you keep on getting that older stars year to year. And I think that's a concern that the Cosmos have is you're going to pay big bucks for these players. But you're not filling up the seats with these players. Juan Arango, for some people, might be a marketing tool. But for the Cosmos, they're not using that to his advantage. Well, I really don't know how many people actually know about Juan Arango. If you're a neutral fan, you don't support a local team in the United States. And I think that's a problem that the Cosmos have. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. Um, You know, it is... Very interesting. You bring up the age factor because Indy Eleven um, has one of, if not the oldest team, average age in the league. Um, you know, we do have young stars like Dylan Mayers and Duke Qual, but a lot of the guys are are at or over the age of thirty. So, um, yeah, it's it is a very interesting, very interesting take, and it'll have to it'll be interesting off season for the Cosmos, win or lose uh, the final. Yeah, and I think. Just like Mike said, if we win or lose, I think there could be massive turnover and maybe Gio might leave. Because if he loses, maybe he's like, I've done all I could with this team. Because there's only so much Gio can do. There's no promotion and relegation. He can't say, well, I got you promoted to MLS. Now what else you want me to do? There's none of that. So he can win as many NASL championships as he can. But what's the ultimate goal for the Cosmos? And I think every single year, their goal is they want to win the Open Cup. That's our goal. Right. And as a supporter, right after you lose that, you sort of think of, like, what are we doing? Like, what did we do wrong? We have the best manager, or we think we have the best manager. We think we have the best players. And going into the season, the media, for the first time, were saying that, we had a deep team, and you would think that's a great thing. We're going to go far, but we didn't. So it's a bit of a concern, but like what Mike said, we have to just play the match and to see what happens with the league and with the Cosmos and Indy 11 uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, so let's move on to talk about the actual final. We've sort of been beating around the bush in a way, uh, so let's get into talking about the match 
it's going to be very exciting. Indy 11, always have the Cosmos number so far this season. And it wasn't like that at one time. I remember we just kept drawing and draw and draw and draw. And then you finally beat us. I remember I saw that in front of my eyes for the first time. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't fun. And then I witnessed another victory from Indy 11, 3 nothing at Michael A. Carroll Stadium. But the bonus part is that we're not playing at Michael A. Carroll Stadium. And if we were, I think I would be really nervous. And I think the Cosmos should have been nervous as well, but we're not. We're playing at Belson Stadium. We played there two times this season, and I think we played there a handful of times in the previous seasons. I don't want to say it's a nice ground to play at. I think it's an okay venue. It's not a championship venue. People should not be negative anymore. If you don't like Belson Stadium, be positive towards it. Be positive. It's the final venue. Your team is in it, or maybe your team is not in it, but watch this iconic moment because this should be the best match and the biggest match of the season. So people should not be negative. You have Indy 11 fans who are hopping on a bus to come see this match. So that's how massive it is to them. Yeah, and <laughs> we've been joking all week uh, here in Indianapolis uh, using the ha- hashtag bigger than Belson. I really don't um, like the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, hashtag bigger than Belson. That's what we've been using to... Uh, kind of mock and make fun of um, Belson Stadium and how small it is. Um, but to your point, I mean, it's. I think this is the two best teams in the league um, that over the course of the entire season. I mean, Indy Level won the spring title basically on, on goal differential. Um, obviously, the New York Cosmos won the fall season uh, by with a 10-point margin, but Indy 11 finished second. Um, and of course, both both those teams finished one two in the in the combined standings. So I mean, these both of these teams have been very very dominant at home, extremely dominant at home, um, unbeatable at home. Uh, on the road has been a little bit different of a story, but um, when both teams need to take care of business, um, they they have done that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there has not been a stone that hasn't been overturned yet. Both these teams know each other's secrets, um, so there won't be any secrets or shocking uh, tactical approaches or formations into this game. I mean, um, it's going to be Macho Stenombre versus Macho Stenombre, um, heavyweight title. Um, it's going to be a slugfest. It may not be a pretty game, but it's going to be a slugfest for sure, um, which will make it entertaining. So. It's going to be a very physical match as well because yeah, yeah. this oh, is yeah. a rivalry right now. It really is. Right. Yeah, and you, yeah. Can, you can catch your USA-Mexico on Friday <laughs> and then catch your uh, final on Sunday, which should be massive. It's going to be on CBS Sports Network, and they're available in 60 million homes throughout the country. And let that sit in for a while. 60 million homes. So the second division of the United States final is available in 60 million homes. That's crazy. The biggest question out there, how many people are going to watch the match on CBS Sports Network? Hopefully a couple million, right, Mike? Uh, you would think so, but, uh, I mean, it's it's Sunday at 7 o'clock, which you kind of hesitate playing on a match on Sunday, especially a championship game for soccer, uh, being that it's um, – in the middle of uh, the NFL season. Uh, but the good news is, is there's really not any games going on between 
um, six forty-five and and eight thirty. So that part, uh, the, so hopefully a lot of people will switch over and watch that game. Um, but yet to be seen. Um, I, I don't know how many people are going to watch it. I know there's going to be a lot of people here in Indianapolis um, that'll watch it, and all the Cosmos supporters uh, in New York will watch it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. Not sure how many people will watch it, um, but to have it at least on national TV is uh, is quite remarkable. Uh, last year, that was I don't think that was the case last year, if I remember correctly. I think it was just on Warm World Sports. Yeah. But it was shown internationally, if I remember well. Okay. Yeah, it was shown across the world. I remember people in Spain, if I'm right. I think they were watching it. And I think that was the first time, and I don't know if that's true for this year. I'm not pretty sure. I don't think so because I think last year, I think they were showing it around the world because Raul and Marco sent his last match. And I remember people yeah. on Twitter across the world were tweeting like their, their TVs and they were watching the match. That's insane. This is not the championship final. I mean the the Champions League final. This is the NASL championship final. So right. yeah. I wish it was shown around the world because the New York Cosmos are or supposed to be this massive name and brand. Because I think last year ESPN three is available throughout the world or some type of ESPN platform. But right. uh CBS Sports Network for sure is not. So Think CBS. Uh, maybe if it was shown on Bean Sports, that would be cool because Bean Sports is shown in different countries, but they have like their different organization of Bean Sports. But still, if it was available throughout all of them, that would be really, really cool. Uh, and I think the league has to build a worldwide fan base, and I don't think we have that. Or maybe people would make an argument and say, "Well, you need to build a local fan base first. Um, but I think we need to sort of sell the product to. Uh, across the world. And when I mean sell a product, I don't mean selling TV rights. I just mean getting people sort of involved with the league in a way to say, well, the Cosmos are playing Indy 11 and the Strikers, these iconic names are in the league. Right, right. And, and to your point, though, I think that you're getting a little bit ahead there and trying to run before you can crawl if you're the league. Because yeah, yeah, one, yeah. You're, you still have to establish Western expansion. Um, and two, um, you know, you still have to do a better job of marketing your your marquee club, and that's New York Cosmos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with their attendance rates, and you know, just for the the league for, or I'm sorry, for the season for a whole wasn't wasn't the best. I feel the league has to be stable for you to do that, and it's not at the moment. Right. But I, I think you can fix that, and I think if we can get past this off season, and we can do well this off season. I think we're taking steps to go far to that goal. And if we can accept a couple of teams. So what, we're losing Minnesota. We're losing, so that's three teams, um, maybe Ray yep, OKC. Then, yeah, maybe Ray, Ray OKC and then maybe uh, Fort Lauderdale, maybe. Yeah, so it could be a handful of teams, uh, but there's some confirmed. And if we can let in three or four teams, that would be massive for next season. Because... I think the issue with some fans right now, and for me for sure, is the final is great. And I love the Cosmos, and I'm so excited for it. And even though I don't like Indy 11, I'm happy they're there playing in this massive match. But I can't sort of look to Sunday without thinking about next season. Is there going to be a next season? Is there going to be a 2019 season? You know what I mean? And that's my worry is 
are the league、uh, protecting that? Are they securing the future of the league? Right. Well, from an Indy 11 fan perspective, I, th- I think we're one. We're happy to be in the final. Two, we want to win it. And three, that's where all our focus is right now.、Um, maybe in a week, week and a half time, when we can reflect on the season and the final.、Um, Indianapolis will probably look at, at the future of the league, but right now we're all focused just on the final. Yeah, and I think that changes in different markets. So, like in Indy, I've been there, I've experienced a match day, and everyone can get behind the team, no matter what league they're playing and no matter what they're doing. People are going to get behind the team. But maybe when you come to New York, you're like, well, that's not major league. You know what I mean? Like that's not、uh, a marquee league to play in. And people doubt you. People doubt where you're playing and what you're doing. So I think the thoughts of the league and of different teams is different in different markets. And it's sad to say, but it's true in New York. It's that people make fun of you because you like the Cosmos or what league they're playing in and things like that. That happens in indie. No one cares. No one's like, well, you're not in MLS. No, they're like, this is our local team and we're gonna support it. There are some people that don't know about Indy Eleven. I've saw that for myself,、uh, but at least you guys get nine to ten thousand people at、uh, the match. Yeah, this、um, uh, the semifinal. We had nine thousand seven hundred. I remember I asked you, is that the record? Like, is that beating Ottawa's record from last season? Because I remember last season Ottawa beat Minnesota, and they. Broke the record for so many people at a semifinal match,、uh, but I, I don't know the actual hard fact of the attendance. I'll do the research and we'll keep you in tune on Twitter. Going into the championship final, so much buzz around Indy Eleven. How is it feeling in Indy? Are the local media outlets, are they, or the mainstream media, are they talking about this massive match as they should be? It's surprising that you say that because.、Um... When Indy Eleven won the spring title, a lot of the mainstream media people would just have like a little、um, comment about it, and then that was it.、Wow. Uh, but once they beat SC Edmonton, I hear it on radio stations that don't even cover Indy Eleven, don't are not even associated with them.、Um, Discuss things like they don't、uh, refuse the stadium or say no to the new stadium. Um, uh, pop and hip hop、uh, ra- uh, radio shows—they're、uh, talking about Indy Eleven. Wow, wow! So yeah, every, everybody here in, in Indianapolis—if they don't know who Indy Eleven is or what Indy Eleven is—they、um, are definitely talking,、um, or at least mentioning.、Um, The Indy Eleven and the team, and and the fact that they're going to be in New York for the final. That's crazy because in New York, that's not that feeling. And no matter what league or what sport you're talking about or whatever is going on, that's a final match. It's very important to fans and the league. We should be talking about it. Like, okay, I'm talking about it. A podcast about the New York Cosmos. This is what I do, and.、Right. You don't have the mainstream media in New York talking about the Cosmos. Number one, I don't know if they even know that the Cosmos are still around or are still here.、Right. That's the issue: is that the Cosmos are not reaching out to these media outlets and saying, "Can so and so go on the show? Can so and so promote this? Can the league promote this?" 
And I had a Cosmo supporter on last week, and we were talking about how the team has to do that, but they're not. And I remember, and this is not even about the Cosmos or the NASL, and I was listening to a local radio show here in New York, and it's on TV as well. So they're on ESPN Radio New York, and they're on TV. Michael K. show, this was leading up to uh, the Cup of America when the United States were playing Argentina. So this was like midday talking about the game. And I never heard them talk about soccer before. And they were talking about soccer in this country and why it's not covered on a day-to-day basis. And they said right. because, uh, I think he said something like there's, it's not what people want to hear or there's no fan base or something like that he said about it. And it's crazy to think about that because we think of our country as sort of as a soccer country, right? We think that we're doing well. 20 years of MLS, even though if people don't agree with it or like it, they're doing well. And you think we've came far, but you have mainstream media that doesn't want to accept that soccer could be a mainstream sport in this country. True, true, very true. Um, Yeah, so I have to look at it in perspective. One, um, it's pretty cool that Michael Kay talked about it, given the fact that he's... um, you know, employed guy. by the New York Yankees and, and uh, works for the New York Yankees um, and is a baseball guy. Um, but two, also, uh, there's a lot more going on in, in New York and New York City than there is here in Indianapolis. Yeah, for um, sure. Just mm-hmm. given the fact that there's a, a <laughs> the population in New York is uh, a lot bigger here uh, than it is here in Indianapolis. Yeah, but if you're a sports radio personality or you have a show or right. whatever... Sports are everything in this city, even though they play at, sure. at Hofstra and they're playing at St. John's. That doesn't mean you can't go out and promote the hell out of this match. You know what I mean? And right, right. But but at the same time, though, I mean, it's what the viewers want and what the listeners want. For sure, yeah. I mean, it could be middle of June. There's no football on. Radio stations here in Indianapolis are talking about the you know the fifth string tight end for the Colts that got you know in trouble yeah. the other night and how that's big and breaking news. Uh, so um, it's what the viewers want and the listeners want more than anything. Really neat that after they beat SP Edmonton Indy 11, that is um, that every TV station was talking about it that night and showing the highlights um, and radio stations that are non sports related were, were talking about it and discussing it as well. So the city is, is starting to finally, uh, pay attention and get behind Indy 11 from outside the soccer community. Um, and the mainstream, mainstream media is starting to pick up on it as well. Do you think that's a good thing going into next season? Because is this just like a one-hit wonder? Like you made the, the final and that's why we're covering you? Or is this going to be a week-to-week thing when, okay, the season's starting? Or maybe you could even talk about the off season as well on uh, mainstream media in Indy. Uh, you hope it's a, it's um, going to happen next year, and where people are excited about um, the upcoming season outside of the soccer community. Um, will that happen? I I don't know. Um, yet yet to be seen. I think also too you have to realize that um, we know just from covering the NASL more than one year that um, a lot of players don't stay with a team more than a year. Uh, or two years, um, and so I'm. My biggest concern heading into the off season is 
are we going to turn into the Ottawa Fury of 2016 where they have this uh, glorious run and are the darling of the NASL in 2015 um, and then got, got, got their roster again. And I just I hope that doesn't happen to Indy 11. Well, if you win the final, I just can't see that happening, right? Like, you win the final, right. you have a great squad, and then you're like, okay, half the team is going to go because we don't want to pay you X amount of money. Because if they win, wouldn't they ask for a bonus? We don't know how much to get paid, but that's sort of a nice conversation to have with their owners. Uh, championship final between the Air Cosmos and Indy 11. Um, this is going to be a very physical uh, match. But uh, according to FIFA, if uh, if, it, if it ends in a tie after um, o- overtime, it's usually recorded as, as a draw. So I will say it will end in a draw. Um, and may the best man win in uh, PKs. Well, even last week we had uh, my buddy from Radio OKC, Tony Sellers, come on the show, and he said it's going to go to PKs and the Cosmos one two one. So. I'm going to take that, that the Cosmos are going to win 2-1. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mike, for coming on. Um, hopefully the media there cover Indy 11 for years to come. Hopefully the league is uh, stable for our league to stay around, that we can have this conversation some more uh, in the coming weeks and months. Thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. And uh, as always, let's go, New York Cosmos. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys, the Benadol Cosmos, and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York, green and white. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it, and I'm playing. The fact of it is, the rap from the attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, and we win. So fast, we're racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, holding back to stand through the mid, cutting the seams, it seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew, down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Shouting cues allowed to you without them dudes. Around my crews, I'll check the no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Progression and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.